evening, and welcome to the Phantasmagorium. I am your host, the Creeper of Channel X. In tonight's tale, we follow a young man on a journey to visit his grandmother. Let's hope there are no big bad wolves to get in the way of his travels. It probably isn't going to help that he just so happens to be making this trip during Ghost Month, in which the gates of hell have been opened to allow the spirits to roam the earth. But let us not get too carried away with such legend. Without further ado, we present The Night is Following Us. When I was a child growing up in California, my grandmother lived with me and my parents. My family's originally from Asia, but I was born in the US. Something that I remember vividly about growing up with my grandmother was seeing and hearing her pray every night. Sometimes she would sit in one place and pray by candlelight. Other times, she would walk around the house while doing it. And during certain times of the year, she followed rituals that I assume were related to her religion. This was my daily life as far back as I can remember, all the way up until I was 16 years old. That's when my grandmother decided to move back to her homeland. I was never quite sure of why she left, but I think that perhaps she was living with my family to help raise me, and once she thought I was old enough, she decided that her job was done, and it was now time for her to return home. About a year after my grandmother went home, I spoke to her about coming to visit. She said it might be better if I waited for another month or so. But I told her that I missed her and I didn't want to wait. She relented, but told me that if I wanted to visit her, I had to agree to listen to everything she told me and adhere strictly to her rules. I agreed, having no idea what could be so dire. My parents booked my ticket for a flight that was just one week out. When the day of my trip finally arrived, my parents dropped me off at the airport about two hours prior to departure. They helped me get my luggage out of the car and hand it off to the bag check agents outside. After that, an agent gave me my boarding pass and I said goodbye to my parents before going inside. After going through security with my one carry-on, a backpack with my computer and a few small things in it, I ventured down the hallway toward my gate. I watched the gate numbers get higher as I passed each one. After checking my phone, I realized that I still had over an hour until takeoff, so I decided to stop at one of the shops and get something to drink. I wasted a few minutes looking at California tourist shirts, travel magazines, and souvenir trinkets in the shape of California and bears. I grabbed a bottle of water and after paying a small fortune for it, headed over to my gate to sit and wait for my boarding call. While I was waiting and playing on my phone, I remembered to reach into my backpack and grab the beaded bracelet that my grandmother had given me before she left California. I put it on to make sure I didn't forget to do so before I arrive. I didn't want her to catch me not wearing it. I was excited by the idea of flying for the first time. I was scared, but I reminded myself of what I read, that there were anywhere from 50,000 to 150,000 commercial flights every single day, and we rarely hear about one of them crashing, 
But a thought occurred to me. We're going to be flying over the ocean. If an airliner disappears over the ocean, never to be found, is that counted as a crash? I had to remember to look that up later. Finally, boarding was called. I ended up getting in shortly after first class seating finished. As I walked by those beautiful first class chairs, I couldn't wait to see where I was sitting. And then I reached my row in coach. The seats were much smaller and uglier. Why didn't my parents get me the good seats? Whatever. I sat down and put my ear pods in. After everyone else got in and sat down, I realized my luck, as I was the only one in my row. I guess the seat that my parents reserved wasn't so bad after all. There was a flight attendant standing in the aisleway, looking for everyone's attention, so I took my earpods out and stared in her direction. Once she saw that she had our gaze, she showed us where the emergency exits are and what to do in case of cabin depressurization. I only half paid attention. My flight lifted off around 9 p.m. when the night was already setting in. Liftoff was a jarring experience. It began with the plane moving slowly on the ground as if on some aimless Sunday drive. After maybe 10 minutes of this, the plane came to a complete stop. The individual overhead air vents suddenly roared to life. The sound of the idling engines kicked into high gear and we started moving again. Except, now, our speed picked up like we were on a racetrack. The plane lifted off, and soon after, there was the deafening sound of my ears popping. I felt like I was falling upward at an ever-increasing speed. And just then, I remembered that my grandmother had suggested that I chew gum during takeoff to prevent my ears from popping. Oops. Once we achieved our desired altitude, the plane seemed to level out. I no longer felt like I was facing the sky with a freight train pushing me from behind. Eventually, I saw the flight crew walking freely around the cabin. I decided to just try to go to sleep, as I knew I had a very long flight ahead of me. Fourteen hours. But first, I took a look out my window. All I saw were tiny lights. It was already quite dark out. I leaned back in my seat, put in my earbuds, and closed my eyes. Good evening and welcome to the Phantasmagorium, began the creepypasta narration in my ears. I drifted off while listening to a story about ghosts over the water. I felt more uneasy when I realized that while listening to this, I, in fact, was thousands of feet above an ocean, soon to be thousands of miles from land. What happens if there is an emergency? No place to land. No one to call. I drifted off. I awoke to the sound of flight attendants taking dinner orders a few rows ahead of me. The lights were dim in the cabin, but the aisleways were lit sufficiently for the crew to do their jobs. I peered out the window to see the same scene as before, 
except for the tiny ground lights. We were now over the ocean, far from land, enveloped in the night. When the attendant reached me, I gave her my order and then leaned back to close my eyes again. I was sure that she would wake me up when she returned. The next thing I remember was waking suddenly to the sound of someone whispering directly into my ear. Awake. My eyes popped wide open, and something was different. The roar of the airplane was no longer there. The sound I heard now was of near-complete silence. I could, however, feel that we were still in the air, flying. We weren't falling, just flying, without a sound from the engines. I could hear the wind from the outside as our aircraft tore a hole through the sky. Were we traveling even faster than before? The silence wasn't the only difference. The cabin lights were no longer only dim. They were completely out, including the aisleway. I could only see the faintest of light coming from the few windows that hadn't had their shades pulled down. I turned to look out of my window. The only source of light was from the moon. It wasn't quite full, but close. The other seats in my row were still empty, so I'm not sure where that whisper in my ear came from. Had I dreamt it? I sat still, wondering what was happening. None of the other passengers were making a sound. From what little I could see, the backs of their heads still seemed to be in their seats. How long was this darkness going to last? What was happening? Then it dawned on me. I knew what to do. I remembered that before we took off, the flight attendant told us that we could hit the little button above our heads if we needed anything. I reached up in search of buttons, and though I could barely see them, I hit each one that I could find. They didn't light up, and they didn't make a sound. I couldn't tell if I had actually done anything. So, I waited. Some time later, I began to hear static as if someone had turned on the announcement speakers and they were about to say something. I assumed the pilots or the flight crew were going to make some statement. Surely this was going to be where they told us that everything was going to be fixed and back to normal soon. The static seemed to stay there for quite some time without anybody speaking. Instead, it grew steadily louder. After several minutes, Something else was added to the sound. A quiet, slow, whispering voice started to surface from within the static. It was loud enough to hear but the static around it was so loud that it was impossible to tell what it was saying. It was a slow, droning whisper that didn't improve my situation at all. And just like that, the static and whispering came to a sudden halt. 
They were broken by the welcome sound of a flight attendant's voice. Here you go, sir, she said as she was handing me a tray. The lights were back to normal. The sounds of the airplane were back. I could hear the engines again. Is there something we can help you with? Added the flight attendant. What do you mean? I asked. You pressed the help button above your seat, she replied. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. It was true. I tried to press the button when the plane was dark, but couldn't seem to find it as nothing lit up. I guess it must have worked, though. Was there something going on a minute ago? It was really dark in here, and there was some static coming through the speaker. There was like a whispering sound, like somebody was trying to say something. She looked at me, puzzled. I don't think so. I didn't hear or see that. But I was in the galley, so maybe I missed it. I'll check with the crew and see if anybody noticed anything. Thank you. I said with a half smile as she pushed the cart to the next row of passengers. Was I asleep? I couldn't have been. I pushed the help button when it was dark, and the attendant just confirmed with me that it had been pushed. If that was a dream, it wouldn't have been pushed in real life. I looked down and realized that my ear pods were now in my lap. I decided to dig into my meal. I had chicken, rice, some sort of mixed vegetables. It wasn't the greatest thing I'd ever eaten, but I didn't expect much from prepackaged airline food. After finishing, I looked through my creepypasta narrations to see what I had with me. I pulled a bunch of them down ahead of time because I was told that the airplane Wi-Fi wouldn't be able to handle streaming audio. Then, I put them in a playlist so that I wouldn't have to keep looking through them. Yet, here I was, looking through them. I put my earpods back in and continued listening. It's time to sit back with your favorite drink and listen. I looked out my window to see that the almost full moon was still there, and the ground was still dark as it was still the ocean. I stopped another flight attendant as they walked by. Excuse me, miss. How much longer until we arrive? We're about two hours in, so we still have twelve hours left, she said. Do you know when it'll be getting light out? I asked. Actually, it won't be getting light outside during the flight. We're heading west, the same direction as the sun. The night is following us. Oh, I replied. She smiled and moved on. The night is following us. If that isn't menacing, I don't know what is. I settled back in and closed my eyes. I was listening to a story about werewolves, which made me think of my grandmother. I was looking forward to seeing her for the first time in more than a year. Good thing I wasn't wearing my little red hoodie. Knowing my grandmother, she'd be the one eating the wolf. She was the alpha of the house growing up, and my parents seemed to know that. Wake up. My eyes were suddenly open. 
I was wide awake. The silence had returned. Nothing but the sound of this giant speeding bullet that I was sitting in, slicing through the night air above the world. The darkness had also returned. Outside of my window, dark, except for the moon. Inside the cabin, a few rays of moonlight allowed me to see that I was still inside of the aircraft. A sound of clanking glass came from the front of the plane. It slowly grew louder with each movement. A bit of clanking, and then silence. In a repeating pattern, over and over. Eventually, it got close enough that I could start to see something in the slivers of moonlight that invaded the darkness. It was a dark shape, but it seemed to be a human shape, with something in front of it. Like it was pushing something. It seemed to move in slow motion. I sat in frantic silence, watching it move down the aisle in my direction. It traveled one row at a time, pausing for a bit, then moving on to the next. I then noticed that there was more than one. A second figure followed. Each time the figures stopped, they would turn toward rows on opposite sides. And then the whispering began. They weren't talking. They were whispering. A very slow, drawn-out whisper that matched the speed of their movement. I dared not make a sound or any sudden movements to draw the attention of these figures. But I knew that they would eventually reach me. When they reached the point of just three rows in front of me, I noticed something new. After the whispering, something would follow. It was almost like the whispering would reverse itself back into the figure. But I could see it. It looked a bit like cold winter breath. Something was visibly being sucked away from the row into the dark figure followed by the backs of the passengers' heads laying back silently into their seats. I realized I was now sweating, waiting for the inevitable. I guess I must have been breathing too loudly, because suddenly, both figures stopped what they were doing and turned slowly toward me, and then stood motionless, aiming what I assumed were their eyes directly at me. I sat frozen, trying to keep my breaths as shallow as possible, thinking that maybe these things worked off of sound or movement. After they stared at me in silence for way too long to be comfortable, they began their slow motion movements again. But this time, they didn't stop. They were coming straight toward me, keeping their eyes on me the entire time. Then, they did stop, right in front of me. The one in front leaned in slowly, getting closer 
and closer. The whispering began. With its face directly in front of me, it started pulling something out of me as it had the others. I couldn't breathe. I was getting lightheaded. Suddenly, a flight attendant was in front of me, asking if I wanted something to drink. I was hyperventilating, staring at her to the side. The lights were back on, and so were the sounds. Are you okay? She asked. I held one hand up, as if to say, just a minute, while I caught my breath. I... I don't know. Was I asleep just now? I don't think so, she said. You looked like your eyes were wide open as I was coming down the aisle. Can I get you something to drink? Okay. Yeah. Can I have some water, please? She poured water into a plastic cup for me. I checked my phone. Five hours down. Nine more hours to go. Nine more hours in the airplane. Nine more hours over the ocean. Nine more hours of night. Nine more hours of darkness. Have you ever woken up from a nightmare and decided to keep yourself awake for a while in order to avoid falling right back into that nightmare? That's what I was trying to do. Whether it was a dream, or some alternate reality, or even just pure reality, I did not want to go back there. My playlist moved on to a new story. Something about the dance macabre and Halloween. On my 16th birthday, my grandmother pulled me to the side and said that she had something to tell me in private. We walked outside into the backyard, shutting the sliding door behind us. She told me to take a seat at the table by the pool. I did, and she sat as well. She lit up a cigarette, taking a few puffs off of it. We both sat in silence for probably 30 seconds while she smoked and looked at me. She then said, John, I'm not going to be here forever. But, I need to know that you're ready before I go. What do you mean, Lola? Are you okay? Yes, Apo. Don't worry. I'm fine. But, it's time for me to go home. Before I go, I have a special birthday gift for you. Using her right hand, she reached over and pulled a beaded bracelet off of her other wrist. She then took my arm and slid the bracelet over my hand. The black and gray beads looked pretty cool. She continued, Keep this on whenever Lola is not around to protect you. I looked at her, confused. She just stared at me with a you-listen-to-me look on her face. Okay, Lola, I said. I decided to try to use the airplane's Wi-Fi to connect to the outside world and try to assure myself that I was still part of it. The connection was extremely slow, but I'd take whatever I could get. I avoided Reddit 
because I wanted to stay away from anything that might cause nightmares right now. Instead, I looked up info on where I was going. The Philippines. According to a website I found, local traditions say they're celebrating something called Ghost Month right now, and that there were rules that you had to follow in order to not be taken by ghosts. Normally, I'd say I don't believe in that type of thing. But after what had been happening to me on this flight, I wasn't so sure. I didn't even get to take a drink of my water before, without warning. I was sucked right back into the darkness. As if I was pulled by something. A split second before, I heard a loud suction sound. And then, the lights and sound were gone. Once again. To my relief, the dark figures were no longer there. Although I guess I shouldn't have counted those chickens so early. After a long wait and deafening silence, save for the sound of wind outside of the cabin, the speaker static returned. And then, so did the whispering. This time, I tried listening intently to the whisper to try and make out what it was saying. Eventually, there was also a new sound coming from the front of the plane. It was different than last time. Instead of clanking glass, it was a dragging sound. Something very heavy and metallic, dragging slowly down the aisle, pausing in between each drag. I began to detect a faint smell of seawater. Like when you're on a boat, or near the ocean. A very different figure started to emerge from the darkness. This one was not exactly human-shaped like the other ones. It was much taller, and appeared to be hunched over, like a deformed giant of some sort. Its head almost touched the ceiling, even in its hunched-over stance. There was nothing in front of this one. Perhaps the dragging sound was coming from behind him. I tried to hunch down behind the seats in front of me so it wouldn't find me. But I knew this wouldn't do any good. As it drew nearer, another sound became apparent. The sound of dripping. And the sound of flesh against a wet floor. I tried to pretend I was asleep as the rest of the passengers appeared to be, hoping that he'd walk on by if I looked to be unconscious. 
I kept one eye cracked slightly open, trying to monitor what was happening. The dragging had now become excruciatingly loud, and I could finally see what was dragging. There was a chain wrapped multiple times around the figure, attached to a large metal sea anchor dragging behind him. Whatever was dripping, it was coming off of him, leaving a trail down the aisle. I must have opened my eye too wide, because just then, having almost moved past my aisle, he stopped moving and slowly turned back in my direction. I was sure he must have been looking directly at me, although I couldn't see well enough to actually see eyes on him. My nightmare began to come true as he turned and started moving into my row at his slow motion pace right toward me. He didn't even have to walk. He just moved his head and arms in my direction. I couldn't handle it anymore. I threw my arms up over my face and began screaming. No! Stop! Help! Somebody help me! Turn on the lights! What was that sound? I looked up. The fastened seatbelt's light had turned on. A split second later, the aisle lights were back on as well. And so were the sounds of the airplane. The giant seawater creature was gone. I looked down at my phone to see that we were only an hour away from landing in Manila. And it is still completely dark outside, save for the moon. Thirteen hours in the dark, still another hour to go. It'll be 11 p.m. in their time zone when we do land. That means another full night of darkness on top of the 14 hours of night on the plane. Oh god, I hope this isn't some new way that vampires have found to live without sunlight. We should be landing in just under one hour. We've certainly enjoyed flying with you, and we wish you a wonderful time at your final destination, wherever that may be. And if you'll be staying in the Philippines, be sure to observe the rules for Ghost Month, said the announcer over the speaker. I hope this gets better when I get to my grandmother's house. I sure hope things do get better when John gets to his grandmother's house. Until next time, sweet nightmares.